I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We are back in Duckburg. We are once again talking about DuckTales. It's been a while since we talked about DuckTales. DuckTales the movie was the last time we talked about DuckTales. And now we're talking about the reboot, the 2017 reboot. And when this was first announced, there was, at least in, in of what I read, there was a circle of caution because this was at a time where a lot of networks were doing reboots of their most popular shows. Like we were getting Teen Titans Go, a reboot of the Powerpuff Girls, Ben 10, and they were not all as lovingly embraced. So a reboot of DuckTales, like, oh, another one. On top of the already, oh, another Disney reboot. Yeah, I remember hearing that they were going to, like, oh, well, you know, they're they're going to redo DuckTales. And then I was like, woohoo! And then it was like, they're not bringing back the original voice cast. And I was like, eh. Half of them are dead. Well, yeah, but the ones that are still alive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, well, you know, if you're not going to bring back the the surviving voice cast, then why am I even here? But then we have to talk about that reveal video. Yeah, when they announced that David Tennant will be taking over the role of Scrooge McDuck. If there was anyone to replace Alan Young, the great Alan Young, David Tennant would be all for it. I'm all for that. Well, yeah, but it was also how they announced the cast in general. Because they dropped that theme song video. And it was the cast singing it, yeah. Yeah, it was that acapella version of the theme song with the cast singing it. If it's a danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. Woo! What to do? Just grab on to some dovetails. Woo! And the fact that they released, not long afterwards, a short to kind of introduce each character, and Scrooge's one was involving a time machine. Well, yeah. It's like 46 seconds. It's on YouTube where, you know, uh, I forget which nephew is messing around with a with a grandfather clock. It's not a clock. It's a time machine. Ah, David Tennant, a time machine. I see what you did, Disney. Yeah, and it's like... It's David Tennant, he gets to use his his natural accent because it's 
Scottish actor, Scottish character. Um, I mean, that was the same thing with Alan Young, too. You know, we talked about that in the, the original thing. You know, people were just used to seeing him from, like, Mr. Head. <laughs> they were like, why is he putting on the Scottish accent? Well, it's like, no, he was. But, um, so that at least is is a little better known, you know, it's just like David Tennant just gets to go in and be a little bit more angry version of himself. Uh, which is kind of funny. Cause if you've ever watched the series that they did over the pandemic called staged, you can find a lot of clips of it on, on YouTube. Um, but, and you can find the series streaming now. I think it's on BritBox, but, um, the, uh, but it's him and and Michael Sheen and uh, then their wives uh, George Tennant and then um, Michael's wife Anna. Um, but they filmed it at their houses during lockdown, um, and they're playing it exaggerated versions of themselves. And honestly, David just sounds like Scrooge McDuck half the time because he's just angry and yelling, <laughs> and it's really just his Scrooge McDuck voice. <laughs> because it's just him being mad at Michael Sheen half the time <laughs> and screaming into a camera. And I'm like, this is probably just what the record sessions for DuckTales look like. <laughs> then after you know, the announcement, then they said, well, then they said that there was this was going to be based more off the original Uncle Scrooge comics versus the original series. Which actually interests me more in general, like because there are stories in those old comics that they never adapted for the for the original series, and the look was more of a stylized version of that. The intro obviously is them coming out of a comic book. At least yeah, that's the, how it looks. The, like, yeah, the art the artwork for the the theme is more comic book and then then the ending credits are also more you know that kind of four color yeah uh comic book feel um but we talked about how the the old series has a scrooge mcduck and nephew feel that is more antagonistic mm. Um, and it starts that way here. It does start that way here, and we'll t we'll talk about that, you know, kind of as we we get into the the plot of that first episode, especially. But that is very quickly dispensed with because we've we've talked about it more as as we've talked about the kind of new Disney brand, especially with the Pixar films and stuff, how it wants to to have more holistic family dynamics over the long term that you might start with a uh family intergenerational family problem but that you want to clear it up rather quickly and show a slightly more loving family environment and they that is the pl the entire plot of the first season 
is just there's family secrets, there's family drama. Yes, there's still adventures, but the main crux is you're you're not telling us everything. We need to know what's ever, what what's going on. Why are you the way you are? But even within that, they really want to show the more loving and caring family dynamic. Especially with Donald. Because we, we're, all, we're all used to angry Donald and antagonistic Donald with the nephews. But this is more caring father Donald. And it wasn't. also shows why Donald is a bit more angry. And it's less anger and more anxiety, I think. In this version of Donald. Donald, interestingly, being one of the few characters that retains their voice actor. Yeah, uh, Tony Anselmo from the original series, who's been voicing the character pretty much since the original series. comes. I, and I think that's more of a Disney contractual thing. Like, if you're going to have... Because there's an episode in the third season where we get Goofy, and it's Bill Farmer. So I think it's more of a, if you're going to use these classic characters you're going to use their classic voices. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he took over after Clarence Nash died, and he has been the voice of Donald ever since. To this day. Yeah, I mean, he, he is the official voice of Donald Duck. So uh, he is, you know, he was the voice in... The original DuckTales, he is the voice now. He's the voice in the, all the other <laughs> cartoon appearances of, of Donald yeah. Duck, you know. So, um, but in this portrayal of Donald, when when we see him in that first episode, I mean, you know, let's let's just kind of go ahead and and talk about this this opening in the the episode which is called woo you know yep uh, woo and part two is uh, escape two from atlantis this it this did air as a one hour special originally and uh is not a one hour special on disney plus they split up the episodes however if uh you do want to see how it originally aired they do have it in its original uh one hour format on the disney channel youtube channel of all things it's still there so Go to YouTube and you can see the original aired version. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, either either or. I don't think they actually cut out anything. It's just that there will be a credits break. Yeah. Uh, in there. So when when we start, uh, woo, um, Donald and the three nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, are living on an old tugboat off the coast of Duckburg. Um, apparently the backstory of this is that uh, this is the kind of leftover wreckage of the tugboat Donald used to be the captain of. Um, what the boys don't know is that Donald used to adventure with Scrooge and then once he'd left that he was a tugboat captain and then uh, 
he this is the the tugboat he used to captain and you know uh but uh in the in the original continuity he was actually like in the navy <laughs> and that's kind of why the boys were with Scrooge so much is cuz Donald was you know in the navy and there was a few uh, episodes that you show him in the navy yeah um, but yeah like that's... he was actually in the military um but in this one he uh everything comes back to being an adventurer with Scrooge I mean that they were a family of of adventurers. I just love that scene of Dewey trying to hotwire the boat. <laughs> yeah, the boys were gonna take the boat and go off. Joyride. To, yeah, go off to Saint Canard, weren't they? Uh, I think that's where they were gonna go off to Cape Suzette, which oh is, Cape Suzette, yeah, which is uh, which kind of segues into another thing I wanted to talk about. The Disney Afternoon Connected Universe that this show just absorbs. Yeah, the Disney Afternoon Cinematic Universe they're trying to set up, which I kind of love. Yeah. Like, almost every Disney Afternoon cartoon gets referenced. You get references to Tailspin. Characters from Tailspin show up in season. Oh, yeah. We get Don Carnage is one of the main villains of the series. And we get Kit in season three. Um, Spoonerville gets a mention in the first episode, which is Goof Troop. Um, Gummy Berry Juice is a plot point in one episode, so there's your Gummy Bears. We see the birth of the Rescue Rangers in one episode. Um, Darkwing Duck obviously plays a part in here. Uh, Bonkers? Is yeah, in, bonker, is it, Bonkers gets a, gets a cameo on screen. As a cop, yeah. Yeah. And it's at the very end of the series... But Gargoyles gets a shout-out in this series. Yeah, I mean, that was... I mean... I I haven't... I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and lay this out so that when I say something wrong and people come at me, you'll know why. I have not completely finished this series. I have not seen all the episodes. So when I inevitably say something wrong, that's... That's why I haven't I haven't been able to finish the entirety of the last season. I've seen uh, up to the end of season two and bits and pieces of season three, so your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so when we say something that that is not quite with the continuity, um, we we have done our research, but uh, you know we might be not be on all the minutia. Forgive us. Um, but. The thing about it, though, is that when when that Gargoyles thing hit, all of my, like, Gargoyles freak friends were like, oh, my God. With, so, Keith, with, with Keith David. Yeah, and it's like, oh. The fact that they took a character. And, and yeah, we're kind of jumping to the end of the episodes here, but you take a one-off character like Manny the Headless Man Horse, who could have easily been a one-off character, and you give him a reoccurring role in the series, and that's the payoff? And Manny the, the Headless Man Horse is literally mentioned in Woo! Uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll get to here in just a second, but the, um, the, you know, we, we start off with with them on you know the the boat and donald's like you know hey we need money 
because uh, this show is the, nothing if not intensely capitalist. Scrooge. Uh, but job, yeah. you know, Donald Donald needs Donald needs to 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 make some of that money because Scrooge ain't helping out family here at the beginning of the series. Well, I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason, at least in this series, which is better than the previous series. Like there's um, been a there was a severe falling out between the two, and we don't. If you're watching these episodes for the first time, you don't know what that is. Yeah. But by the end, you know why. Yeah, but the. You know, to the point that the nephews do not even know that they're related to Scrooge. Yeah. Um, And they have sent the babysitter to a different address so she can't make it on time because they want to take the boat and, you know, skip off. Uh, But Donald will not let that happen because he's overprotective. Again, you find out in the series why he's overprotective. But... uh. He decides, last resort, he's going to leave the nephews with Scrooge, and this is how they find out that Scrooge, the richest duck in the world, is actually Uncle Scrooge. Um, this great is uncle, yeah. Yeah, this is the first time that Donald and Scrooge have seen each other in ten years. Um... Mrs. Beakley is the one that agrees to them watching the boys, and that's how the boys end up inside the mansion, supposedly just for a couple hours. While he goes in his job interview, yeah. While, yeah, while Donald goes on this job interview, but the nephews, uh, are so annoying to Scrooge. They call him a has-been. Yeah, they call him a has-been because he used to be a an adventurer, they say. He used to be a big deal, but now he's just... An old man in a an, house. An old man who sits in a Empty slowly house. De- decaying house. I like Scrooge trying to figure out what children like. You children like marbles, yeah. Your children still like marbles. They they you know lock them in the room, and I like that Mrs. Beakley says that the marbles are a gift from Uncle Scrooge. They will return them when they leave, and Uncle Scrooge has counted them, which is very much like the old Uncle Scrooge. I guarantee he knows where everything in that house is, and if the it's like in misery, you know, he he'll know if the slightest thing has been moved. Yeah. Um the the cool thing is though is I love the one nephew and I'm going to say even though they do have distinct personalities in this series which they did not I mean we talked about that when we talked about the original series. They were interchangeable in the original series. In this one they have distinct personalities and I still can't keep them apart and that is on me. Dewey wears blue, Louie wears green, Huey wears red. I I finally have that part down, but as far as when I am not staring at the screen trying to remember which one did the thing, mm. while I am watching the screen, I can keep them apart, but when I walk away and you're like, which one of them did the thing, did the thing in the episode, I can't. 
I can't do it when I'm not staring directly at them. The point is they use the marbles as like a slapjack or something and they break the lock and they get skated. Yeah, but I love I love this one. The humor is so much better. Yeah. That is the main upgrade of this show is that it all of the jokes just hit so hard. And I think it has a lot to do with what the original series was. The original series was Monday through Friday and Saturday morning, and they had to write for all of that. So not every episode is going to be a winner. When you're doing this show, which is one episode a week, you can actually focus on the writing. And the fact that this is connected storytelling and not individual episodes that don't necessarily connect but also they're writing for a slightly different audience which is yes they're still writing for kids but also they understand that adults are going to be watching and also they understand kids better we've talked about it before that kids shows when we were growing up, were just kids are dumb talking kid, down the kids. Yeah, kids are dumb. Put something colorful on it. You know, have a good guy punch a bad guy, and have the good guy win, and then put a moral at the end. It's like remember, kids, drink milk and stay in school. But now we're in the era of Adventure Time. We're in the era of Steven Universe. Yeah, kids we're can, yeah we're we're in the era of we understand that kids understand things like kids have feelings. Kids can keep hold of a plot for more than five seconds in their brain, and they understand that kids will be able to go back and watch these again if they don't understand something. You know, there's repeat value. When we were kids, it was like, oh, you can't have a connected storyline. Like Maybe you can have a two-parter mm-hmm. or a special episode or a crossover. But like you said, it was every day of the week, and you knew that kids were going to miss certain episodes. Maybe there's a repeat, but you can't expect them to watch it in order. You can't this expect the, this, this to is- be... Appointment television, you know. This is the Disney afternoon era where we're doing homework when this show is on. For the most part. Or, you know, maybe I can watch it on Monday afternoon, but Tuesday afternoon I've got band practice. Or, you know, Wednesday afternoon I've got to go to, you know, soccer. Or, you know, it's like. Some afternoons you can, some afternoons you can't. Mm-hmm. And, but in this one, it's like, well, you know, I can set the DVR or I can catch it online later or I can watch it on streaming or, you know, kids are just used to having everything all the time now. Mm. Uh, until, you know, somebody new takes over the company and wipes it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, that's the that's the idea of it. You know, kids kids will be able to keep up. And so they're they're doing it for a bit of a different audience. They're writing jokes that are just for adults. There are some of these jokes that you watch it and you're like, okay, that was that one was just for the adults. And not in like a dirty way, but in like a 
there's too many layers of understanding to get that joke. There's enough of the joke that the kids can find it funny, but if you dig deep into the wordplay of the joke, oh, that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, or or it's just that's a reference you'll only get when you're older, or you know, it's it's one that is something that with life experience it becomes a totally different color of joke you know and sometimes it's just a reference to the original series sometimes it's a reference to the original series or sometimes it's something that references like a commercial that you understood if you grew up in the 80s in america or something you know um and you're like okay no kid born in the 2000s is gonna get that but but the writers are millennials and that's funny to them. And I mean, let's, uh, let, let's kind of go to what probably is the biggest upgrade in this entire series. Webby, the, 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 this new Webby, this revitalizes completely different. It doesn't look like the original Webby doesn't talk like the original Webby. If this character wasn't named Webby and his, and her grandmother was Mrs. Beakley, you wouldn't know that this was Webby. I am so in love with this Webby. This is the best thing. I mean, other than the fact that like David Tennant is now Scrooge McDuck, this is the single greatest thing about this series. Kate McCucci, who has, over the last almost decade has really gotten into and become a really great voice actor. She only, she only has about three voices, but she makes it work. Like the voice she uses for Webby is the same voice she uses for Velma on Scooby-Doo, but somehow her acting can make these two characters sound completely different. I mean, honestly, I thought that this was just the voice she used for Kate Micucci, but okay. (laughs) Like immediately you hear it and you go like, oh, that's 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 just her. <laughs> um, but it's it's like Kristen Scholl, you know. Yeah. You you hear it and you go like, okay. But also, why do you need more than that? Why are you asking for more than that? You're you're okay with that. Um, we we knew her because we've been fan of Garfield notes for yeah. For, for years well for like ever since they first showed up yeah but um it's been so great to see her career just take off like that um but the she is perfectly cast in this and also this character is the greatest thing ever i wish i had had this version of webby when i was a kid I mean, yeah, we, we've talked when we talked about Doug Tales the movie. We talked about classic Webby, how he's how she's just the girl. Yeah, and and the girl being the personality type, mm-hmm. which is there is no personality. She is just girl. Yeah, she has her dolly. She is scared. <laughs> she is let the boy save me. And the fact that our first instance of Webby is she has the doll like nailed to the. Yeah, there is an arrow through it on the board next to her complex conspiracy theory red string 
push McDuck family tree. McDuck family tree that she's got hidden behind a map on the wall. Yeah. Oh, I love this character so much. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but Webby's payoff by the end of this series. Which I just found out about doing research for this episode because I haven't made it to those episodes yet. Webby's payoff. Mwah! Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... It explains why I love her so much. Finding that out about her origin story, I was like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. She is just immediately, like... She has been kept inside this mansion for her entire life. And all she wants to do is leave the mansion and just eat a hamburger. She wants to live. Yeah, which is so, I, you know, I, I can't relate to that so much. But she has spent her entire life just, like, you know, she wants training to be where herself the, in... All these so, things so that if Scrooge ever goes out adventuring again, she can be worthy of going along. Being her partner. Uh, being, yeah, being Scrooge's partner. You know, she just wants to be where the people are. She wants to see the great white somewhere. Yeah. She wants to be out there walking <laughs> by the sun, you know, <laughs> and it's it's just. I mean, this is a girl who needs an I want song the second we we meet her. And I love it so much. Her and her little stabbed pink dolly. And the fact uh, that, it, that, it's, it, that it's Kate McCoochie, she could have made it work. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine Kate McCoochie doing like a, a weird Disney princess I want song as Webby? I with want the ukulele. that. Light. I want Webby with the ukulele doing that song. Yes. Webby with the ukulele. With her I Want song. Oh, why is that not a thing? And it needs to be written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. We will get there. Um, <laughs> uh, let's pause but, for a second and talk about... We've mentioned that now the boys have different unique personalities. They also now have unique, distinct voices. Oh, they yeah. No lo- it's, it's they are no just... longer voiced by the same person. Yeah, it's not just one one guy doing all the voices. Woman, and they've got Rushi Taylor actors, was the original voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got, you know, Danny Pudi as Huey. I mean, Community. I, yeah. I don't need to say much more of them about that. Uh, ben Schwartz as Dewey. Uh, he's done, you know, he's he's had Arts a great... Wreck. come on. Yeah, I mean, he's also had a couple of cartoons under his belt. R- Randy Cunningham for Disney. Uh, Leonardo in Rise of the Ninja Turtles. And he is the current voice of Sonic the Hedgehog for the movies. Yeah. So he has a a pretty good voice acting career going for him. And, of course, Bobby Moynihan as as Louie. He's Bobby Moynihan. I don't don't need to tell you. Yeah, I mean, you know, SNL alone. But also, I mean, he's got the voice acting going on for him as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got the the Wee Bear Bears, and then of course he was in Monsters University, so you know, more more Disney, and um, he's got Mr. Mayor, and then now he's doing Lofi, which is his his latest uh, thing that he's doing. Um, but you know, 
and any of those is just uh, a big feather in your cap, but you know, all of them together. They've got their their own a lot of great comedic actors in this series. Yeah, I mean, they they really did pull together an excellent cast, but I I like all the the distinction that they they give. Huey is the the one with the the Junior Woodchuck guidebook. He's the one that's most like classic nephews. Yeah, he's he's very much like we have to follow the rules and we have to do Louie really wants to be like Scrooge. Yeah, he really wants to be like Scrooge. He's very money focused. He very much wa- like he wants to be the startup guy. Um and well, Dewey is I love his his late night show that he keeps trying to start. He yeah, he goes live streaming, trying to he wants to be uh he wants to be a celebrity. Yeah. He wants to I be mean, a YouTube star. <laughs> yeah, he kinda wants to be like the Twitch guy, you know. Um and it's so adorable kind of that they they have their their little niches that they go for. And the um, four of those kids together are way better than the original four in the original series. Yeah, and then Webby is the kind of the muscle, which I like. You know, she is very much the uh She studied all of Scrooge's adventures. She's the most knowledgeable of the four kids in just what the hell they're doing. And she's kind of Lara Croft. Kinda. Yeah, I mean she Again, her her, her family. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it runs it. I mean, even if you don't count the, the everything else, her grandmother is a is a, was a secret agent. Yeah, I mean, they make Mrs. Beakley a secret agent in this one. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Alfred Penningworth was a secret agent before he became Batman's butler. Well, yeah, but I mean, this one they really go into that. The flashback episodes where we see her as a as a young woman having adventures with Scrooge. Oh yeah, I mean, but it is you know she's she's a shush agent, you know, yeah. and that that gets brought back shush from Ducktales and Darkwing and Fowl. Yeah. Um, but you know. When when the the boys and Webby go out on their adventures, Webby is she's a bit scatterbrained because she has more book knowledge than real world knowledge. She but she also has a she also has is the one with the least amount of social. Uh, she, yeah, she's been locked in her. She's been locked in the house her whole life, so she has no social skills. Yeah, I mean, the boys are like her first friends she's ever met. Like she's. They have she, to teach her how to lie. 
Well, yeah, I mean, she's never met anybody her own age. It's always been Scrooge and, and Mrs. Beakley. Yeah. Um, and Launchpad. And, yeah, Launchpad. But she has, you know, she's very... She tends to ramble and info dump a lot. And she is really, really good at spy stuff. Like, she's learned a lot from her grandmother, it's kind of obvious, and from Mm -hmm. books and from sneaking around the mansion. I mean, um, the first thing she does with them is go into what we find out is Scrooge's garage with all of his trinkets. His, his and garage. Stuff. It's garage, yes. Which is maybe my favorite joke in the entire in the entire thing was, which is where Scrooge is like, um, he found no, your treasure this, room. <laughs> this isn't my treasure room. It's my it's my garage. And they're like, but it can't be and like. And then one of the nephews is like, do you mean garage? I'm like that's that's what he's worried about everybody else is just really upset it's not a treasure room and that the one nephew is worried about his pronunciation of the word (laughs) which I adore Um, but yeah I but Webby has has learned everything about all of the all of the artifacts that Scrooge has brought back so she knows things like you can't hit the gong three times, and this is exactly you know, this the is pirate ghost, the, the headless, headless man, man horse, and yeah. you know, like I said, the headless man horse could have just been a one-off gag in this episode, but it becomes a recurring character. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean he's he's there for the Gizmo Duck episode later, and the you know, um, and carries all the way through. The, the end of the series. The end of the series, yeah. I mean, this whole thing with, you know, in the treasure room slash garage slash garage, it's just, a, as, the, as the kids say, they just wanted to hang out with who they believe to be the coolest person in the world, the once great adventurer, the richest duck that ever lived, who is now their uncle, and he just didn't want anything to do with them. Of course, we hear uh, the kids over here uh, Scrooge saying, you know, family is, is a liability or whatever. And again, we find out why he feels that way. But for these kids who don't know the story yet, it's kind of like, oh, he do- he doesn't, you know, he's just an, uh, a, a crotchety old man, you know. They have this idea of Scrooge as the adventurer, and now he's just, he's just a businessman who sits alone at a table and, you know, yells at them in in yelling at them you know scrooge ends up hitting this gong that they've already accidentally hit twice and the gold hunting dragon yeah the gold hunting dragon comes to life and they're like, oh, why Why is that a problem? It's like, well, you know, duh. Scrooge has the most gold. It's going to the money bin. Um, and Scrooge ends up grabbing the dragon's tail and the... Yeah, this whole interaction with the dragon and the whole thing that happened after it rekindles his love of, of adventure. 
Yeah, but my my favorite part is that you know they're like, how are we gonna get the the dragon? It's not like we can fly after it, and then Launchpad just pops up, and he's like, I'm a pilot, and they get on the plane, and they're like, don't worry, Uncle Scrooge, we're coming to get you. And I love Scrooge's thing of like, when is Launchpad a pilot? And he's been telling you this the entire episode that he's a pilot. Yeah. Because, you know, it leads into the second episode, but, you know, uh, Scrooge wants a pilot to fly him to, to, because he wants to look for Atlantis. He needs a pilot. And, you know, Launch was saying, I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot. And just Scrooge is just not listening to him. But yeah, the payoff, you know, oh, what's, when is uh, Launchpad been a pilot? Yeah. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, though, is that, the boys and Webby work really well together, you know, as they grab the Medusa gauntlet. And... Yeah. yeah, they use the Medusa gauntlet to to re-petrify the dragon. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I love the payoff of all of these wacky stories that they've, you know, I hear that Scrooge does this. I hear that Scrooge does that. I hear that he just swims in money instead of a pool and then we get the payoff to that as he's falling from the plane and then he realizes oh I can just land in the money bin and go for a swim and they're like we knew it he does swim in money and we get that lovely shot that was always in the opening credits of the first him diving he, in the money and spitting, spitting the coins spitting out. Spitting the coins out, and you know. There um, is a line here that you think is a throwaway line, but it becomes so much more by the time we get to the end of the series. Launchpad. Seeing the bonding moment between the nephews, Webby and Scrooge, he says, adventure, um, he says, family is the greatest adventure of all. And that is really the theme of the entire series. Yeah, because that's what the show is about. The first series was just about adventure. That's all it was. It was a very kind of shallow series, comparatively. This series is a series about family that happens to have some adventure in it. And we get the the difference in what's going to be the difference about this Scrooge versus the Scrooge in the original series right at the end of this first half hour when he says, uh, oh, boys, you know, because they're assuming he's going to be mad at them for, you know, breaking into his stuff and, you know, breaking his money bin. and um, And he says, oh, you kids are trouble, and I have missed trouble. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach you how to get into trouble properly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to take you on a field trip, which is going to lead into the next episode. Where they go to Atlantis, and, yeah. And I'll, and, but he goes and he hugs them. He pats Webby on the head. He's, you know, and he's immediately a different person. He's forgotten, you know, and as we find out later why he's he's been kind of 
locked away. But he he used to be fun-loving and very into family. And then they suffered a tragedy. And now, you know, he's he's been affected by that tragedy. For 10 years, yeah. For 10 years. But now he's remembered like, okay, there's there's hope. There's another generation. Maybe I can go back to being who I was. I like that kind of lesson. And I like that we learn, you know, why he was that way. Um, I like this version of Scrooge. And I like that we see more of him in the, the second episode. But we do have the little stinger at the end of the first half hour, which is that Donald's job interview was actually for Flintheart Glomgold, which is our first major villain. Oh, um, Flinty. Flinty. Oh, the story of Flintheart Glomgold in this entire series. Oh, miles ahead of what the original show was. I, I mean, the fact he that really, they made him South African. The fact that they had the character literally be the anti-Scrooge. Like, those two have so much similar life uh, life events in their respective childhoods and get the complete different lessons from it that leads them down their respective paths. Which is a lot of the villains in the series. There's another villain, and we'll talk about him later, that also has a similar path to another like a, another mirror to another character how yeah. you know in, in going by the, you know again taken from the original comic scrooge's backstory of being a shoeshine boy in scotland getting paid with an american dime and starting his fortune that way flintheart also a shoeshine boy also paid with an american dime and decides what the hell is this what are you giving me this for what is this garbage? Rather than Scrooge saying, this is the start of a great adventure for me. And with Flintheart is, uh, hey, uh, yeah, you're undersold me. Give me some more money. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make more money just to spite you. Both of them, the same life, the same experiences, different lessons. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's also interesting of like, also where they came from, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting that, you know, like one was born in Scotland and one was born in South Africa and one was born, you know, I mean, it's like South African cosplaying as a Scotsman, you know, but it's it's fascinating how they they brought in kind of more real world stuff, you know? Yeah, but it's. It sets it up. With, you know, Glongold hires Donald and says he, you know, Donald thinks he's there to be an accountant. And he's like, no, I need you to be a sailor. What do you know about Atlantis? Um, And then in the start of the second episode, we see the kind of welcome to Glongold Industries new employee kind of uh, video. And Glomgold has it set up where he's like, take an idea and just put your stamp on it. 
that's, that's how you make money. Like. That's how you make money. Um, which, which again, it's the different lessons with Scrooge. It's like your ideas, take your ideas and make them work versus Glomgold take someone else's idea and take the credit. But the interesting thing is, is that is that really Scrooge's thing? Because we see later in the buddy episode that we're going to talk about in just a second that Scrooge is kind of just buying other people's ideas too. He's buying the ideas. Glomgold is straight up stealing them. I mean, that's just stealing with extra stabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know? So, and it and it turns out that the people he was buying from were just stealing from his people who were stealing from, you know, I mean, it's like, that's capitalism. Yeah. But the, um, and I just love the, the in, in this episode, you know, Donald, he's like, hold on a minute. I got to, I got to, got to check in on my boys and the constant, like, Scrooge is trying to, trying to lie to Donald saying, how oh, the boys are fine. We're at the mansion. We're just chilling. All while the kids are just, woohoo, we're on an adventure. And, and then they're trying to get Webby to lie. And she's all like, oh, yeah, we're, we're over here hanging out with Uncle whoever. He only speaks Swedish. And they're like, you can never back that up. And Launchpad gets hit on the head and starts speaking Swedish. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing is, though, is that they're all ending up at Atlantis and the, the Atlantis thing is such a tertiary part of this story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it could have been any ancient city. The, but the point is, it's the kid's first adventure with Scrooge, and it's Donald learning to let go, because he's been the overprotective parent for the last 10 years. Our first view of him and the nephews is he's making them put on these very puffy, very large... Life preservers, so in they don't... case they fall overboard in the five minutes it takes the babysitter to get there. Yeah, which is funny because also they're ducks. <laughs> yeah, you know I I love that bit. It's like you're ducks. Um, don't you swim? Don't you fly? Yeah. But the the thing is, is that most of it is Donald trying to keep. The, the nephew's safe, you know, like him trying to use the shield to block the fire, and you know, Dewey is like dancing through the booby trapped, yeah, the laser, but he's hitting every single one because he doesn't understand that the point is to not break the laser light, so he's just dancing through them and triggering every trap, you know, and then Scrooge just jumps up and like zips line zip lines down something else using his cane and Dewey's like but that's the easy way and he's like yes why wouldn't you take the easy way that that's the point of the easy way they're there to find the treasure of Atlantis you know this jewel which ends up being like a thing that can 
provide just like clean energy, power, yeah. you know, clean energy. It's the jewel that's been powering the city of Atlantis for so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're not going to see, you know, uh, Milo and Kia in this Atlantis. Yeah, but... I love the joke that they built Atlantis, but they never built the support structure, so it fell into the sea upside down. Yeah, which makes most of the traps not work anymore, because it's like, oh, walking under razor blades doesn't really do anything, you know? (laughs) Um, But the, uh, the thing is, is that I like that Scrooge ends up tricking Glomgold into taking a cursed jewel while (laughs) Scrooge gets the real one. But also we find out that the only reason Flintheart hired Donald was because he found out that he was Scrooge's nephew. Yeah. But this is the first time we hear about the Spear of Selene. Yeah, the Spear of Selene, which, again, that is the the plot for the entire first season. Yeah. And part of the second. It, it, this whole Spear of Selene, Della Duck storyline takes up the first season and a half. Yeah, but but the, um, the thing is, is that this... This episode, before we kind of get to that, the the first episode has one of my favorite things that Scrooge does, which is to give his enemies compliments, which are really humble brags about Scrooge. (laughs) Like when he says that, oh, Glomgold, you're the poorer version of me the dollar store version of him well yeah he was it was like it was like you're the you're the the lesser poorer version of me but i am insanely wealthy so that still makes you incredibly rich (laughs) which i just love is like not really a dig at Glomgold so much as just a brag about Scrooge. Which I'm but like, he's right. Even the dollar I mean, store he, version of Scrooge McDuck would still be insanely wealthy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, Scrooge McDuck's wealth is meant to be, in, in the comics, it's, and I think we, we mentioned this in the, the previous DuckTales episode, like it's meant to be an unattainable amount of wealth in the real world. Um, So, you know, even if Glomgold is supposed to be the second richest in comparison to Scrooge, he'd still be like a trillionaire or something, you know, it's like, it's still a level of wealth that no real life person has achieved on the planet. But, um, it's it's just really funny that that's the way Scrooge, like, is like, oh, you know, you're pathetic, but I'm so great that that makes you, like, just one okay. of the greatest people on the, the yeah. planet. But, yeah, I mean, it's, the, it's that, to go back to Donald, Donald, it's like, you know, this is the spirit of Selene all over again. Because he sees Scrooge, oh, Scrooge is putting kids in danger. What a shock. That's what he always does. Yeah, putting family members in danger. That's that's Scrooge's M.O. as far as Donald is concerned. And we find out why. Again, we'll get into it. But, you know. 
it 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 was not just a traumatic thing for Scrooge, but it was traumatic for Donald as well. Probably well, D- more Donald, so for Donald. Donald got left holding the eggs. Yeah. I mean that's that's what it it was. Um but you know we we finally get that that thing of, you know, we see the the painting of Scrooge and Donald fighting the pirate ghost that we saw earlier the first time. Do um yeah, I think it's Dewey. Yeah, Dewey pulls back the painting and sees his mother. Della. This is the first time we've ever seen Della animated. I believe Della originally is from the comics, but we never really did anything with her. And they never did anything with her with the co- in the comics. And boy, did they do a lot with her in the show. Yeah. Um, and she ends up being voiced by Paget Brewster, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the, I was kind of surprised that she ends up in the show because when I first saw this, I was like, oh, that's just going to be like a mysterious, you know, we're never going to see a mysterious figure, you know, she's just always going to be like, they're going to talk about their dead mom for the whole series. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 they're not. She's alive. There's a mom. She's, she's very much alive. Um, we, 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 we don't know much about their dad. But uh, that's not really what the show is about. We know, you know? Yeah. Um, but the... The kind of mystery of, you know, Della and what happened and why Donald is so mad at Scrooge. and so, I mean, that's, you know, the first season and a half, like you said. And the fact um, that the, 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 the first episode also introduces us to another character that becomes so important by the time we get to the third season. Bradford Buzzard, the CFO of McDuck Enterprises. In the first episode, he's just a board member. We just see him as... A nameless board member saying, hey, we're spending too much. We need to cut back. Who knew that this one insignificant character would become so big by the time the season ends, the series ends? Yeah. The fact, I mean, uh, do you want me to go into it or, or, or do you want to wait till we get I to it? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get We'll get to into it, it yeah. When we get there, we'll get to it, but. The fact that here's this character who, if you only, you know, if you just, if you know nothing else about the series and you're watching that first episode, oh, he's just a random board member. He's not important. We'll never see him again. And then you see him again and again. And he gets this whole arc. It's, again, that, Manny, Della, the way they wrote all of that. Yeah, I mean, you wonder if they just kind of sat down and wrote a show Bible and was like, you know, if we get to do all the seasons we want, this is where we're going. Because um, it's it's intricate and it works together. It makes me wonder if they had a plan for like a four, a season four and season five, if they had gotten the go ahead. 
you know, I have no idea, but it does seem to wrap up so well. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of, kind of moving along with with this whole thing. The next one that we kind of wanted to talk about was Beware the Buddy System. Season 1, episode 15. And I had forgotten this technically fits into other episodes we're going to be talking about. Because this is our first real look at Darkwing Duck in the DuckTales universe. And a lot of the original voice actors came back for this. At least for this particular episode. Yeah. Because... We get, obviously, Jim Cummings as Darkwing Duck again. We're getting Corey Burton back as the Liquidator. Michael Bell back as Quacker Jack. Uh, we do get a new Megavolt, Keith Ferguson, but that's because uh, Dan Castellaneta was the original Megavolt, and um, he's getting that Simpsons money now, and uh, I don't think they could have afforded him for a one-off. I mean, you know, it's it's all the same thing. You already have them in the studio. Yeah, just... <laughs> the mouse owns all. Just, you know. Yeah. But the, um... Of course, the reason we wanted to, to talk about this episode in particular is this is our introduction to the updated Fenton Crackshell Cabrera. Yeah. Latino. Yeah, we get a I get a Cuban Cuban flavor uh Fenton in this one. But uh who absolutely was knocked out of the park by Lin Manuel Miranda. We've talked about Lin Manuel as a songwriter, but I really wanted to talk about him as an actor. And this is probably Unless we start doing Hamilton, this is probably the only chance we're going to get. I mean, we could. It's on Disney Plus. So. That's true. Um, let, let us know if you want us to talk about Hamilton, I guess. But yeah. the, um, the thing about it is that I think I heard about his casting via another... Uh, singing of a DuckTales thing, which was just Lynn humming the moon theme. <laughs> which was kind of awesome. But which bravo to this series for making the moon theme canon. Yeah, yeah. And, and, a, and a plot point. And a plot point. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Moon Theme is awesome, so. Pretty much everything about that game became canon. Even the pogo stick. Like, there's an episode where where Gyro invents a, a new walking stick for Scrooge, and it's a pogo stick. So that's canon now. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> um, But we get that Fenton is... The the intern. The intern at, you know, McDuck Labs or whatever for Gyro. Gyro is another character that got completely redone for this. His personality is completely redone. 
in the original series, he was more of a scatterbrained scientist. This time, he's more of an antisocial inventor. Like, he doesn't care about anybody else has to say or do. It's all about the science. He is a bit of an evil scientist, but it's an accidental evil scientist because all of his all of his inventions keep turning evil. This is technically a part two to an earlier episode where he invents the light bulb, the, his little bulb buddy from the original series that ends up turning evil. And at the end of that episode, he he writes down Project Blatherskite. And this is the payoff for that. Yeah. Um, but this has a, one of the more interesting jokes, which is that they're going to a reveal of a new self-driving car another recurring character mark beaks yeah which was a of the new characters this is like the most of the this is definitely based off someone in real life well because his name wasn't originally going to be mark beaks he was originally going to be Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> that was the original name of the character, and then they were they Mechanic? changed it because they did not want to get sued. <laughs> he is every modern billionaire rolled into one. He is Zuckerberg. He is Musk. He is Cuban. Mark Cuban. Every young-ish billionaire who wants to be a celebrity, he's all of them rolled into one. Because he's always on his phone, he's streaming, he's self, he's taking selfies. He's in the invention business, not for the thrill of science, but how can I become famous from this? Yeah, and he's also just super annoying. <laughs> Like the million, like the billionaires he's based off of. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, is that he is talking up his self-driving car, you know, or it's a robotic driver. The car itself is not yeah. robotic, but um, his his buddy is a ro- robotic uh, driver. And so it it isn't so much as a self-driving car as uh despite what they're saying. Yeah, it's a it's a robotic chauffeur. Yeah. And uh Launchpad who has just in this episode gotten his driving license despite being Scrooge's limo driver for years. <laughs> yeah. Um but he's got is, a pilot's license so it's the same thing apparently. <laughs> yeah. Is put up in a contest this, against buddy it reminds me i don't know it's i don't know if you've uh, it's been a while pop since i've seen it but it reminds me of the uh paul bunyan ending where it's paul bunyan versus the steam train yeah um and scrooge says he wants to see how good this thing is before he buys a fleet of them and launchpad is very worried that 
Scrooge is going to replace him. And with good reason. I mean, if you have a driver that never crashes. And, and that's that's Launchpad's thing is he crashes. Yeah. But uh Dewey is along for the ride, and that's it for the nephews or Webby. Yeah. None of the kids are in this except for Dewey. Um, We get Manny back. We get Manny back, who is also an intern in the lab for some reason. Equal opportunity employer, that gyro. Yeah. um, But Fenton is along to help monitor this and also because he and Launchpad and Dewey kind of quickly become friends. Yeah. But we get the we get the first little bit. The reason that Darkwing kind of comes into this is because this is when we find out what Darkwing is in this universe, which is just a live action TV show that Launchpad is obsessed with. The Batman 66 of this universe. Yeah, kind of. And they, you know, he's making Dewey watch it. He has a little Darkwing bobblehead that sits on the, the dashboard of the car. Um, And it says, let's get dangerous. I want that. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, But... The um the thing about it is though is that Fenton discovers Buddy is based off Gyro's technology. Yeah. Um because Fenton decided to put the plans on the internet saying, Hey, can any of my any of anyone on Reddit uh know how no robotics can tell me how robots can't be evil? Yeah, the the problem was that the bulb tech kept turning evil and Fenton was trying to crowdsource a solution to make it not evil. He was trying to help. And Mark Beeks had just probably using some sort of Reddit burner account, downloaded the blueprints and uh, based his buddy off those specs. But they were just a cosmetic thing. I mean, it's, you know, he... Beeks is not an inventor. He's the guy who steals things. I mean, he's a CEO. He's not an inventor. He's Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, and so he he just took the design and basically put a a new a, a new chassis a new it. head on it. <laughs> um, and he even so, says, I made it not lame. I made it look not lame. I didn't change any of the specs. Yeah. So it it takes uh, Gyro and Scrooge and Dewey hostage. And uh, only after Beaks insults it. Like, it's just a robot. It's not, it's not like it's an actual living being. Yeah. Um, Launchpad has lost the race by this point although he put in a good show because he crashed the he's trying to not crash and he needs he has all of these these notes on how to be a safe driver i think we went through that in the original show at one point that they 
told Launchpad to not crash, and he kept crashing into things, and then at one point they told him try to crash, and he was the safest driver in the world or something. Yeah. I think they did that joke once in the original series. But um, anyway, he, he immediately crashes the limo, and then he gets on a scooter and crashes that, and then he gets yeah. on a bike and crashes that, and then he gets on roller skates and crashes those, and yeah. Um, so the buddy ends up winning the race technically, and Launchpad goes off to be upset when they find out that Fenton posted the plans on Reddit or whatever. <laughs> Fenton gets fired, and he goes off to be upset with Launchpad. And we get Fenton's entire kind of reason uh, in this, which is that he gets so many ideas, and he just wants to make the world better but he doesn't really know how to focus them and harness them. It's just like a like a shotgun spread of ideas. And they're not always really not that like the, great. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the infrared toothbrush, that's an idea I just had or something like that, you know. Yeah. And so they're ideas, but they're not necessarily supremely useful or you know, whatever. I do like the joke is that Fenton's office is the bathroom. So this is this is where Jarrow says all my ideas belong. Oh, I just understood why he said that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he's a really. He means well. He's a really trusting and nice guy, and he's also incredibly smart. Smarter than the original Fenton. Oh yeah, the original, the original Fenton, Fenton was, was just an accountant. Yeah. Um, this Fenton actually knows something about science and robotics and, you know, uh, but the, the thing about this is though, is that he, he goes into it and once he realizes that the others have been taken hostage because they're, while these two are sulking, the, the robot has been driving around the course, taking them hostage, and eventually Dewey kind of, you know, rides by and is like, help, you know. <laughs> but um, Fenton is able to call back to the lab and, you know, with the help of, you know, the headless Manny, M Manny um, he is able to activate the Gizmodoc suit. Because and this this has been Gyro's point was that the only way for a robot not to become evil is for a person to become a robot. Yeah. He was going to use he was going to now again going back to that previous episode that we didn't that we skipped over. Gyro wanted himself to become the robot. Gyro is a robot kind of deal. But Gyro is kind of a little bit evil, though. I mean, not evil, evil, but he's kind of a he's kind of a douche. I mean, he is. It's all about he doesn't care about safe the safety of others or others in general. He just cares about the science. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, Fenton is like a really nice guy. He actually he wants to help people. Yeah. 
He wants to make the world a better place. So he is the best person to be Gizmo Duck. Yeah, it's that it's that Captain America Super Soldier Serum thing, you know. Yeah. Um he he is he is the worthy one. <laughs> so uh and I do like after he saves the day, Gizmo um Gyro kind of looks at him and saying, Well, I I wanted I want the I want the armor to be idiot proof and you're the idiot to wear it. <laughs> kind of giving him that little backhanded compliment. Yeah. But, you know, we we get a lot of, you know, cute little gags about, like, the gluteal, you know... Gluteal rocket, pectoral parachute. Yeah. Kind of wondering what what, what Gyro was on when he invented all of this stuff. Yeah. The gluteal grappling hook, that's what it was. The... But the... But... It's... It's a cute little slapstick bit because this is the first time that Fenton has been inside the suit, so he doesn't really know how to work it. But it's it's adorable, and it's a cute little little way to to introduce the character. And, and Manuel plays it so well. Yeah, like, it's... Like, like, you believe that he is this star-eyed, wide-eyed innocent little being who just wants to do right. I mean, have you ever seen Lin-Manuel Miranda? I'm not really sure that was acting. (laughs) He just kind of looks at everything as if he's experiencing it for the first time. It's like, a cupcake? Wow! (laughs) It's like, I don't know. He just has that, that vibe about him, which is just so adorable. It's such a a great uh, portrayal of the kind of character you want Fenton to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to believe that this guy had something good happen to him. I like that we get this this thing of like, oh, you're you were always a robot, and he's like, uh, no, <laughs> you you guys are kind of. I'm not a robot. I'm here. just wearing I'm not, a suit. <laughs> not a robot. Um, but then of of course we have the the thing of Mark Beeks now wants Gizmo Duck, and which you know, does lead into a a later episode where yeah, set up for for future episodes. Um. Yeah. But now that we've we've introduced the the uh, idea of Darkwing Duck, we get to move on to Duck Knight Returns. The Duck Knight Returns. We are fast forwarding to season two, episode sixteen, The Duck Knight Returns, and the plot of this one is a Darkwing Duck movie is getting filmed, and original star of Darkwing Duck, Jim Starling. Played by Jim Cummings, uh, is kind of upset about this, mostly because he is not starring in the reboot. Instead, who we who we do get is a young up and coming actor named Drake Mallard. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't get that reveal until the end of the episode, but it is Drake Mallard. <laughs> So instead of being 
potential shush agent or whatever Dark, uh, Drake Mallard did in the original show. I don't think we ever found that out. He's an up-and-coming actor. And this was supposed to be his big break because he is, like, the biggest Darkwing Duck fan in the world. Except for maybe Launchpad. Yeah. Uh, Darkwing is... Uh, Drake is played by Chris Diamatopoulos, who we last talked about because he is the voice of Mickey Mouse. He's just also, like, a sound-alike guy. Yeah. He he does a lot of uh, celebrity sound-alike uh, and he is kind of trying to sound like a young Jim Cummings in here, but it's distinct enough that you can tell the difference between the two. Yeah, and it's um, it's a thing of, I think if they ever did, you know, there's been talks of, of rebooting a, a full Darkwing series. Uh, I'm going to throw the note in here. We are recording this episode before Disney Plus Day and before the D23 Expo. So if any Darkwing Duck news gets announced at that, we are, we're not going to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, if there have been for years, let's just say that. Um, and with this series. This um, series really drove up the talk. Because like, after these episodes aired... They announced that a Darkwing Duck reboot was going to be in the works for Disney Plus, but not with the creative team behind the series, which yeah. got a lot of people upset. But you know, Jim Cummings has has said for a while that he would be willing to come back. Um, and when talks about this show, okay, he he said that he would be willing to come back. I mean, he was already like um, you know, like I said, very early in the series, we see Darkwing Duck as a TV show. And that is Jim Cummings' voice because it's coming out of out of, out of Darkwing. Yeah, but they but they set up the idea of Jim Starling in that episode, you know, in the in the buddy episode that we just talked about. I like um, the fact that they called him Jim as a nice nod to the actor. Well, yeah, and they they did the Jim Cummings Jim Starling, you know, yeah. uh, to try to do that. But um, I think that if they tried to do a full series. They would probably try to get Jim Cummings back. Probably, I mean, but, it it could just be another situation like this one where they're just going to get a whole new cast. Because, like Ducktales, half the cast of Darkwing Duck isn't alive anymore. I mean, if you need to recast because the original actor has passed on, the fans understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the. The fans are, I, I would hope, would not be like, you know, you can't do it because they're gone, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, or if they just, you know, they're retired or they, they're just not interested, then yeah, you know. But I think it, it's, it's a bit different because you're. You're doing, um, with this show, they were doing like an entirely new continuity. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a bit weird to be like, well, everybody's coming back except, you know, every, everybody's gone except for, you know, um, like everybody's new except for, 
this one one actor, you know. Uh, you can get away with it with the Darkwing stuff because they're specifically saying this is an actor. Mm-hmm. But when we have a new Darkwing for this continuity, it's a new actor. Um, if you go back and, and be like, oh, we're just doing new episodes of Darkwing Duck or we're doing like a, you know, same kind of continuity but slightly updated then yeah, j- get Jim Cummings back if if he's it's like wanting I mean, to do it. Well, we'll throw it out there. It's like the the new Proud Family series. Most of the original cast did come back. Yeah. Um. But you know, if you want to be like, oh, this is a completely different universe, Darkwing Duck, then yeah, maybe you can do it. You know. Yeah. Um. The, the way they do it in here, I kind of like it. Uh, I know that some fans were, like, upset because they're like, oh, you know, why recast it? Jim Cummings is still willing to do it. But they they explained it really well. Darkwing Duck is a TV show within this universe. It is played by an actor. And... Jim Cummings played that actor and that version of of Darkwing Duck. You know, he voiced that within this continuity. Um, Scrooge McDuck apparently owns the studio that owns that the IP now. Darkwing, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And so they're doing a movie and they get a director, Alistair Borswan, which Played is, by. <laughs> yeah, which is voiced by Edgar Wright, which I loved. I was hoping we would actually. I honestly didn't think we'd get a chance to talk to Ed about Edgar Wright till we get to like the Ant Man movies or something. But uh, here we are, Edgar Wright as an actor. Yeah, I was not expecting to be able to talk about Edgar Wright as an actor. That's incredible. And when I I had not seen this episode except for for this, you know, talking about this, because um, I hadn't gotten to this part in the series yet, but. When I was like, who's voicing that? And I looked it up and I was like, oh my god, that's actually Edgar Wright. Um, Get a director to voice a director. Yeah, I I absolutely love Edgar Wright because, you know... If this was like a few years later, it probably would have been like James Gunn or maybe even Taika Waititi. And it still would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, but I like the idea of you know, I mean, they're they're playing off a of, you know Christopher Nolan here. Um, yeah the 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 Darkwing poster is a blatant ripoff of the original Batman Begins poster. Yeah, and so I mean, it's having him be British is is a little funnier, you know, for him being a. A Christopher Nolan, you know, <laughs> joke, but um, the his 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 voice acting in this kind of surprised me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Edgar Wright could be a voice actor if he wanted to be. Yeah, like at least he he did it pretty well in this. Um, the um. The the thing I love how bad um 
Scrooge is at giving notes, which is like, you know, the money guy giving all the bad notes is such a funny joke to me. Like his one note just being like, what if the villain had a mustache? Like. He can twirl and show him how, how evil he is. <laughs> he can twirl the mustache to show how evil he is. Which I love. I love David Tennant's like delivery of like, if only one of them had a mustache, we'd know which one the villain is. Um, and we have and we have Dewey, who again he wants to be famous. He wants to be that that YouTube celeb celebrity, and now he has a movie studio. As, yeah, because Scrooge puts him in charge because he's the target audience. He's like, it needs to appeal to the most childish brain, and Dewey is the most childish brain I know. So I mean, yeah, you're making a superhero movie. Kids are going to see it. Here's the guy you need to listen to. I love the I dark wonder if, I wonder reboot if... of Darkwing when they show the trailer, and it's just that pearl necklace falling over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's 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 every criticism about the darker Batman movies, the Nolan Batman movies, the Snyder Batman, all rolled into one trailer. Every criticism. Oh, it's so funny! It's so funny, and I, I mean, the fact that the, it just kept being that shot of the necklace falling over and over. I was laughing so hard at that. Like I said, this was my first time watching it, and I was absolutely in hysterics. And it was just the the voiceover that no, made no sense about the, the darkness. Like the DW and fire right out of Daredevil. Yeah, the DW the fire, and then it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the city burn. It's like, and then they were like, I'm not sure our hero should be burning the city. Is that what the? And they were like, I don't know who the like I don't know the villain's plan. I don't even know who the villain is. Like, such a good, you know, the 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 commissioner Gordon insert here. You can't do that. It's too dangerous. And before he even gets the catchphrase out, they gets cut to the title. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, so good, so good. Darkly, uh, first darkness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such it's such a perfect parody, and I love it so much. Um, and it because of of course of course it's a it's a a DC parody. Um, the company owning Marvel doing a DC parody? Heavens no. But. Although it kind of, you can kind of almost say there is a comment on Marvel because, hey, here's the kid, appeal to the kid. But, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I know a lot of kids in the Marvel, like, uh, so I would I would argue that they kind of do. Um, I mean, they make the toys and make the, the 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 cartoons. Yeah. Although I will say that the DC cartoons way better than the Marvel cartoons. True, true, true. I mean, if there's anything that the Marvel could could take a take a page from, it's learn learn how to do the cartoons better. Um, I mean, we just passed the thirtieth anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, which still holds up amazingly. Oh yeah, so good. Um, but 
Dewey also kind of doesn't know. I mean, you know, don't put the kid in charge either because he doesn't, you know. The kid doesn't know what he wants either. Well, he just wants all of the things. A musical number, dancing girls. And I'm not saying those things would be bad. You know, he wants chainsaw jugglers. That'd be cool. Yep. Um, but he doesn't know how to make it coherent. He has a lot of ideas, but he doesn't know how to focus them. The problem being is that Starling has been replaced, so he just decides that he's going to take down the entire film. Can you imagine in another universe where Adam West tried to take down Michael Keaton? I mean, that would have been a hilarious fight. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. <laughs> um, neither of them were really doing silly voices at the time. So. But, you know, I mean, that's <sighs> kind of where we're got coming from here. Like I said, the, 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 the Darkwing Duck show in universe is pretty much supposed to be the 66 Batman. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. It's just like, uh, what did you do to be Christian Bale with everybody doing silly Batman voices now? Um, Take a lozenge, Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, trust me, if Christopher Reeve can walk into a place as Clark Kent and not get recognized, you don't need a dumb voice for people to not realize you're Bruce Wayne. Um, but the point, but uh, after all it, of this, uh, Drake and Launchpad kind of become friends themselves because of their mutual love of Darkwing Duck. And Drake realizes, thanks to Launchpad's help, that he can be a superhero in real life. He can be that thing that kids look up to. He can be the real life. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing, yeah. Considering that Scrooge McDuck owns the Darkwing IP, I'm surprised he's allowing Drake to be Darkwing. You know that Launchpad just had to be like, please, 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 please. <laughs> and finally, Scrooge was like, okay. Just I love hush. Of all the Darkwing merchandise, the funniest one I like is there's this pillow in Drake's room in Drake's uh, trailer. That says "Keep calm and get dangerous." Yeah, I kind of want a good that. keep calm parody. That's that's such a great thing. Um, but but the, yeah, the, the point is that Drake, as a kid, found Darkwing Duck. As you know, no matter how many times Darkwing gets beat up, he gets back up and he keeps fighting. And since he was bullied as a kid, Darkwing was kind of the inspiration for him to become a better person. And even though, you know, in that final battle with with Starling, he's he's hurt, you know, things explode around him and, you know, he gets beat up and everything. He keeps repeating, keep getting back up, keep getting back up. And Drake, just like in the original series, Drake has an amazingly high tolerance for pain. Yeah, I mean. It's it's really impressive, but the the thing is, is that in that in that final monologue in front of the Megavolt set, you know, 
Starling ends up getting blowed up real good and falls down into the sewer and turns into Negaduck. Yeah, his but, suit gets... We're not sure what happens. All we know is that the explosion happened, his suit starts running, and it turns into the Negaduck suit. And he says, oh, you, they want a grim and gritty Darkwing? I'm happy to play the part. And they never follow up on that. Yeah, it, it would have been really good if they'd have had Jim Cummings back as Negaduck versus, you know. Chris, uh, Chris's Darkwing, yeah. Chris's Darkwing, yeah. And the Drake Mallard Darkwing, but oh well. Oh well. Um, but, but as a reintroduction of Darkwing Duck in this new universe... It's not bad. Yeah. And and you get Edgar Wright. So how can you? I said, I, I, who knew Edgar Wright could uh, be such a good voice actor? Yeah. Um, And then we get a, a follow-up in season three with a two-parter called Let's Get Dangerous. Yeah, and this also aired as a one-hour special. But on Disney Plus, they did split it up into two episodes. I believe the one-hour special is still on uh, Disney's YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, the one-hour version of the episode is still on the Disney XD YouTube channel. So yeah, if uh, if you do want to see the one-hour version of the episode and not just two episodes split... It is on the Disney XD YouTube channel. And one thing I do like for all of the Darkwing episodes is that they change the color of the DuckTales logo to be in the dark in the Darkwing colors. Yeah. Um it's it's a really kind of cool thing. Uh and they don't and they don't use the full intro. Yeah. This it's this just, is you know, the, the thing. Just, well, they don't use the full intro for this entire series. Just side note. They shortened theme song for the whole series. Very yeah. annoying. Yeah. But at least they have original animation for the intro, unlike some other cartoons these days. Yeah. But the point uh, is, they're in St. Canard now. This is, the, this is the plot of this current of the Let's Get Dangerous episode. They're in St. Canard. McDuck has a research facility in St. Canard that has been reporting power outages and power influxes, and, they, and they're going to check it out. Among their chief scientist, Taurus Bulba. And we gotta give a shout-out to who voices... Taurus Bulba because uh, yeah he's uh, James Monroe Eagleheart uh, I believe is the way you pronounce his name I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that um, but he was the uh, original uh, genie in the Broadway Aladdin and he you know what if you're going to replace Tim Curry you might as well get another stage actor yeah, but uh, you know, won the Tony for that uh for his uh portrayal as Genie there. Um and I mean it, he was, you know, I mean I've I've seen, you know, his 
his Tony performance of that, and of course the video uh, of that. Um, it's such a great version of the the genie, but his his voice is just so wonderful, and he does such a good version of Taurus Bulba. If you're if you're a fan of the original Darkwing and of Tim Curry's version of course of Taurus Bulba um such a worthy successor to the part and you know like it starts that's oh he's you know he he opens the door very menacingly he starts having side you know very menacing side side uh side dialogue but it's like oh no no I'm a I'm a, I'm a good guy it starts like it wants you to remember the original Taurus Bulba from the series as a villain but circumvents that oh i'm actually a nice guy and then circumvents the circumvention but no i'm actually a evil all along yeah um but you know scrooge brings the boys uh all three of them this time uh and launchpad to saint Knard, and they meet up with drake who's been over in saint Knard, actually you know being darkwing and he has, we finally get explanation of how Darkwing gets all of his tech from Fenton. And the, the interesting thing is that, uh, much like in the original Darkwing, uh, Fenton has kept his secret from Drake. From most people. Well, for most people, but uh, because Drake says, oh yeah, Fenton actually, that absolutely hates Gizmo Duck. And then you kind of see the little ooh from Launchpad and, and Dewey, like, uh, he doesn't know, does he? No, he yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> but Fenton has given him an AI named Wanda. And I love it because Wanda is actually voiced by Jamila Jamil. Of uh, the good place, and now She Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interestingly, two actors from the good place in this episode, because the other we didn't mention it when we talked about him before, but um, our Bradford Buzzard is uh, portrayed by an actor from the good place as well, Mark Evan Jackson. So this is kind of uh interesting little yeah tidbit. Little I, interesting I just reunion. absolutely adore the, the good place. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get we finally get to read, you know, the, the, the ultimate culmination of Bradford Buzzard here is Bradford Buzzard is behind it all. He is the secret head of Fowl. Who also was working for Scrooge McDuck as a double agent. It kind of comes, I mean, if you've been watching the show up to this point, it's kind of made obvious, but this is the first time that Scrooge and the and the family are are let are the, the secret is revealed to them. Uh yeah, I mean uh, as as the episode goes on, we you know, um Taurus 
unleashes the villains from the Darkwing Duck television show into the real world, the Dark the DuckTales real world. As they're going through this, the boys, you know, go through the adventure and and you know they're captured, they escape and with uh with, with Bradford. And then goes, you know, hey, you know, d- doesn't having adventures make you feel alive? And Buzzard's going, it makes me closer to death. You guys are nuts. Yeah. You know, all of your adventures are what's wrong with this with this world. And he goes through the entire series up to this point. It's like, it's your fault that magic and the spell attacks St. Canard. It's your fault that the moon people attack the earth. If you if you guys would just stop having your adventures, there'd be peace, which has been Bradford's entire M.O. this entire series. That the number one cause of chaos in the entire world is Scrooge McDuck having adventures. And he's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you can see his point. Now, is it enough that he's decided to create an organization that takes over the world? Your mileage may vary. But in his mind, and we're not going to go into those episodes yet, but the point of the only way to keep the peace is to take over the world. Sure. But he doesn't call himself a villain. And that is the beauty of Bradford Budget's character is that he's doing these villainous things, but he doesn't see himself as the bad guy. Like he even says to Taurus, we are not supervillains. This is not what we're about. But he surrounds himself with supervillains who all love, love, love the idea of being supervillains. But in Bradford's mind, Scrooge is the villain. Scrooge is what's wrong with with the world. And it's a great... It's a great... Storytelling note there. Well, honestly, it's kind of... Why I talk about my love of Marvel so much is it's because the villains, one tend to have a point and to they don't really see themselves as villains they're not as scrooge would demand the mustache twirling villains um so i like that ducktales kind of fits in with that and fits in with what we talk about with the new disney style you know it's it's villains with a bit of a a depth to them and, you know, Bradford kind of fits in with that. I mean, if you want to go into some of the other villains, uh, they all have similar reasons for becoming villains. Is that Scrooge McDuck ruined their lives. Scrooge McDuck going on adventures and not caring about the consequences. Again, the consequences catch up to him with Della. But he's going on in his adventures and not caring about the consequences is what creates Flintheart. It's what creates Magicka. Is what creates the conflict with the moon people. Is what creates Bradford. It's all of them. It even causes the conflict with the Beagle Boys. 
if you want to go in that direction. Like, all of Scrooge's enemies in this series are the direct results of Scrooge's actions. But honestly, isn't that kind of just billionaires? Yeah. I mean, isn't that like he go he goes around and does whatever he wants and gathers all the things and everybody else is just kind of left to pick up the pieces? But at least those villains accept the fact that they are doing evil things for evil purposes. It's Bradford that sees himself as the hero. But I mean, but I was I was giving the show props for that because like I mean Scrooge you can like him especially in this version and he's not necessarily intending to do bad things. Um and like even in the the first episode, you know, he goes to Atlantis and he brings back a gym that Gives a lot of power. For 50 years, he says. Clean energy. (laughs) Clean energy. We never really see the the outcome of that. And also, Duckburg keeps getting plagued by all these things that are I mean, that are his uh, his fault, you know? He said a giant dragon flying through downtown, a witch taking over the town, aliens taking over. Whatever that cursed gem is that Glomgold brought back. Yeah. <laughs> kind of Scrooge's fault. Um and except the the only real con the first real consequence he suffers is Della. I mean, yeah, even if you want to talk about it on a personal level, you know. Um, But also, like, there's an entire criminal organization, foul that's been started kind of because of Scrooge McDuck. A criminal organization that was created for the sole purpose of stopping Scrooge McDuck from having adventures because of the chaos it causes. And feeling that the only way to stop the chaos in general is to take over the world. So, I mean, it's Bradford's not entirely wrong. But at some point, he does have to accept the fact that he is working with villains. Which he never does. The thing thing about this, this particular episode, though, is I like the... I like the uh, the ramrod device that is really just a portal to other dimensions. Yeah. He makes it seem like it's the replicator from Star Trek, you know? It's like, create anything. Oh, you want a haggis? Okay, there, I've created a haggis. (laughs) I love that that's what Scrooge wants. But then we get, you know, our big entry into the series, which is this is where we get Goslin. 
Yeah, we get Goslin's voiced by Stephanie Beatrice. Uh, uh, most people know her now as uh, Mirabel Mardi Gras from Encanto. Yeah, um, so, you know, we get the family Madrigal here. Um, with but... Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> uh, with, with a shout-out to Lin-Manuel Miranda here. Um, I mean, he, he appears later in the, in the episode as we're fighting the supervillains. But, yeah, uh... This is a really good portrayal of Goslin. She's more or less the same character. You but know, she's updated a little bit. They focus more on her relationship with her grandfather. And that is kind of something that they completely drop in the original D- Darkwing. She is an orphan. Her grandfather was her grandfather was killed by Taurus Bulba. And we kind of forget that as soon as the first two episodes are done because it's all about calling Drake dad and we just never mention that again. Granted, it could be a trauma response, but this is also a cartoon in the early 90s where continuity doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but also he's kind of definitively dead in that series. Mm-hmm. In this one... He was sent to another universe because we find out that's what the Ramrod does. It doesn't create matter or replicate matter. It just pulls things out of other universes, um, including fictional universes, what we think of as fictional universes. The idea is that every thing that you can conceive is somewhere out there in the multiverse, you know? More multiverse shenanigans involving superheroes. We just can't get enough of that. Uh, I can't personally. I I love a good multiverse, but the um, so they discover that the Darkwing TV series in their universe is actually a real reality somewhere else. Um, so Taurus brings in. Some of the supervillains, uh, Bushroot, I mean, Megavolt, Liquidator, Quackerjack. The, I mean, first off, you know, what better way to take out uh, Darkwing Duck than his actual supervillains from the TV show? Yeah. And the the look they gave Bushroot in this episode. Like, he is a dead plant. Yeah, he's like a zombie. It's really cool. And I think that is a reference to one episode of the series, but the fact that they decided to make that this universe's Bushroot's canon appearance is pretty cool. And he doesn't speak. He just, you know, makes bellowing roars. The thing is, though, is that, you know, Goslin's uh grandfather dr thaddeus wattemeyer is the one who developed the ramrod and he told him like hey he told taurus you know you can't actually use this i've discovered if you use it too much it will break down the barrier between all realities and just kind of suck everything into a single reality and everything will go kaboom um you know, normal multiverse stuff. But Taurus didn't want to hear that because that's kind of what he wanted. We find out that's kind of his plan. He wants to remake 
all reality into a single reality. And so he sent uh, Thaddeus to a random reality and the machine doesn't have enough power to bring him back. Because they do that, like you said, it's going to just collapse reality into itself. Yeah, the... The thing is, is that since he doesn't know what reality he sent him to, it would take too long to keep turning on the machine and searching realities uh, to find uh, the one, you know, the one guy. In this in this thing, though, we have the the great dilemma that Goslin has to make there at the end of the episode most of this is the reveal of of bradford as the leader of foul as the leader of foul to the family and uh you know just kind of dark wing duck shenanigans you know uh let's have a fight scene we we keep getting we keep getting Fenton slash Gizmo Duck popping in every now and then, being like, "Hey guys, is this a good time to talk to you now?" No, no, okay. Um, so we get a nice little cameo. A nice from- reference to the original Ducktales. A sea monster eat my ice cream. A sea monster eat my ice cream. A sea monster eat my ice cream. Must have been some ice cream. Yeah. Oh, that that is that. I as soon as I saw that episode and I heard that, like I know exactly what episode they're referencing. I know exactly what episode they're trapped in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but the uh, with the original designs from the original series. Yeah, they 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 do, and they they reference specific episodes by name. Because you know Duck, yeah. Drake, Drake, and and Launchpad keep uh, referencing specific episodes as part of their battle plans. Unlike a different movie about a different Disney afternoon show, these are actually referencing episodes that actually happened. Yeah. Um. But the the thing is, though, is that uh, this is where we get our reference to. Bonkers, because they ask Wanda to pull up a police search, and Bonkers is the policeman. <laughs> that Poor Bonkers. Is, that you had Jim Cummings. In. You could have had Jim Cummings do a couple of lines here. Yeah. But the the main emotional crux of, of this two-parter is Goslin and her grandfather. We get introduced to Goslin. We find out about the grandfather. And she overhears Drake and Fenton talking about how to get her grandfather back. And Fenton, being the one who understands the science, says, there is no way. The ramrod has basically just enough power left. You can either send all the villains back to their universe... We know where they came from. You can set this reality right. Or you can try to find her grandfather. But seeing as we don't know where he is, it will probably implode the multiverse. That's that's your choice. 
set everything right and we're all safe or try to find him and probably doom the entire universe. Not just our reality, but the multiverse. And Drake can't accept that. Drake has fallen too in love with with Goslin as his kind of adopted daughter already. That he's like, I cannot let this little girl down. I would I would risk that outcome to get her grandfather back. And he goes off to try to do the thing, but he's incapacitated by all the villains and everything. Goslin ends up being the one kind of at the at the control board. And Darkwing is uh, Drake is saying, find your grandfather. Yeah, no, you you have to find him. And Goslin ends up being the one that makes the the hard choice and she ends up pulling the the trigger on the on the grappling gun or whatever. She, she destroys the ramrod. Yeah, yeah, and she ends up destroying the ramrod and shutting it down. It ends up sucking in the the villains from the TV show, sending them back to their original universe. Knocks out Taurus Bulba. You know, reality is saved. Huzzah. There is a, there is a, a when, when Goslin is searching the multiverse, there is a reference here that I never thought Disney would even make. And I guarantee you, nobody knows this cartoon except probably me and like five other people. In 1986, there was a one-hour TV pilot for a show called Fluffy Dogs. And it never made it to series. And the fact that one of the universes that, that Goslin searches has three of the Fluffy Dogs on it. And when I saw it, like, that is the deepest cut that this series has ever made. And very few people are going to get it. I just kind of wonder if one of the animators or something worked on the show or, you know. Considering that they put all these references to other Disney Afternoon cartoons, I wouldn't doubt me that they wanted to go for the deep cut. Like, well, we can't show the gummy bears outside of Shadow. Let's take these characters instead. Like. With all of the deep cuts this show gets with Disney Afternoon, someone really likes rare Disney characters. That's all I can say. I mean, I'm just going to say that, you, you know, you want to talk about deep cuts. They brought in the Salego circuit. Okay. Salego is a character from a comic that showed up in the Disney Adventures magazine. Someone that, again, people who are working on this show must really have a deep love for Disney. <laughs> all of the deep cuts this show does. I mean, that's that's a hell of a deep cut. Like, you want to you talk about, like... <laughs> That is a that is a like you were you were a Disney kid in the nineties to remember Soleco the like 
Um, the fact that it's Goslin's choice there, it, it leaves us with a bit of hope for her at the end of the episode because Drake in kind of adopting her or whatever, you know, like in his kind of like, I guess you'll live with me little speech at the end says that like, well, Launchpad does know an awful lot of super scientists. There is hope that they will figure out a way to find her father, you know, her grandfather, and that you have a feeling that, like, Fenton is already kind of maybe working on it and is bugging Gyro about it or, you know. And he, you know, he ta- yeah, yeah, he takes, he kind of takes Goslin in and kind of takes in, her in as his sidekick. Yeah. She never I, wears a costume, but I, I would have liked to see had worn, like, the quiver wing costume or something. Yeah. And if they had done their particular version of a spinoff, maybe. And it's kind of sad that we'll never see this creative team doing a full Darkwing show. At least anytime soon. I mean, if we do get, like, a reboot Darkwing that has, say, Jim Cummings in the lead or whatever, it would be interesting to have a crossover with this version of the characters, you know? Multiverse, anything's possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, they've already set up, and, you know, they already had that in the original Darkwing. Yeah, multiple universes. You know, that... that That's where Negaduck came from in the original series. Well, and also, you know, it's the the idea of, like, they've they've already played around with the idea of Darkwing being a TV character and, you know... We talked about that in our, in our Darkwing. Yeah, I mean, we talked, we talked about that episode of the original Darkwing. So, why, why not it being the other way? Mm-hmm. You know, why not be like, well, I was an actor that was going to play Darkwing and then I just became Darkwing. You know, I was inspired by the Darkwing TV show and then I became Darkwing and then, you know... Uh, it would be an interesting crossover in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, kind of, let's, let's wrap up some early thoughts. I definitely want to revisit this series at some other time and talk about, I mean, we, we did this as, you know, our friend, our friend Tasha's, uh, guest request. She specifically uh, and, requested the Darkwing episode. Yeah, she wanted to go through the the Darkwing arc here um, because she she helped us out. We we didn't mention this when she was on the show, but when we did our Darkwing episode, she helped us pick out a lot of the the episodes because she's a huge Darkwing fan. Um, so shout out to her for that. Um, and then she wanted us to talk about the the Darkwing episodes of the new Ducktales series, and also just Ducktales in general. Um. I would like to do a straight episode just on Della. Yeah, I want to revisit and talk about some of the Della storyline because that's kind of what sets the series apart uh, from the original. But 
I also just kind of wanted to talk about our our opinions of the series in general because we talked about it a little bit when we did the original uh, DuckTales. We talked a little bit about the reboot, but we hadn't gotten very far into the reboot, either of us. We had seen at, a few at, episodes. Yeah, at that time. But now that we've seen more, you know, let's just talk about our vibe of the series in general. Definite improvement over the original. This, to me, is a is an example of the reboot being better than the original. To me, this is kind of like the quintessential. If you're going to introduce Ducktales to a new viewer, whether they be adult or a child, I wouldn't show them the original series. I would show them this one. Yeah, this is the opposite of they ruined my childhood. This is definitely they improved my childhood. <laughs> this I mean, is what I wish my childhood had been. You, I mean, you said it already multiple times. When at least, when, especially when it came to Webby. Yeah, Webby is so much what I wish I'd have had in my childhood. I I I wanted Webby to look up to when I was a kid. I'm so glad that kids now have Webby to look up to. And honestly, Huey, Dewey, and Louie to look up to. Yeah. Because they're distinct. You can find yourself in, you Any know, some, three, yeah. some combination of them or one of them or, you know. Um, and it's it's such a different... You know, all the characters are different. Or you can find yourself in Fenton, who is such a different character than he was before. And and an improvement. Pretty much. Uh, with, with, with the exception of maybe Donald, every character has been an improvement over their original counterpart. Honestly, and I think even Donald's in an improvement. Because he's not just angry, he's... A caring parent, yeah. Anxious... And caring and a little bit overprotective and a little, you know, um, his anger when it shows up is a reaction to something else. It's not just anger for anger's sake. It's I'm angry because I'm worried or I'm angry. My loved ones are in danger. Yeah, I'm I'm angry because of trauma or I'm angry because you know of injustice or uh it's it's a much more nuanced version of donald than i've or ever seen frustration because no one can understand what he's saying yeah i mean still have the captions on because it's impossible to understand that voice but except um, you know the handful of times where he's voiced by don Cheadle. yeah which is a weird uh thing that happens but uh yeah we we never even got into that but yeah that's 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 a whole different kettle of fish but um speaking of just voicing things the one weird thing about this i don't know if this is an improvement but it's definitely weird i am not sure if i am comfortable being vaguely attracted to Scrooge McDuck, but you cannot have Scrooge McDuck voiced by David Tennant and not have some weird things happen. 
Or like if it was just a cartoon character voiced by like Tom Hiddleston or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like stop having characters that shouldn't be attractive voiced by really attractive voices. Like <laughs> it starts getting weird, man. <laughs> There's certain times it's okay to be attracted to a cartoon character, and certain times it's not. Maybe we should start having some firm lines on that. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to come Out back. Out of to... last week, where we had like man, the weird know, fish, the man fish man episode, and now the Scrooge McDuck. And this one about the Scrooge. How is the Scrooge McDuck thing weirder? <laughs> I don't know how that turns out. I don't know. <laughs> but it is, and I'm uncomfortable with it. Stop uh, it. So let's ask the question, but it's probably irrelevant at this point. But does DuckTales 2017 have the magic? Absolutely. Yes, totally. Have you not as, been listening to the episode? Yes. As I said, this is a vast improvement over the original series. While the original series will always have a, a soft spot in my heart, this is much better. This is this is the final form, the 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 much improved version. As I said, if I'm going to show DuckTales to someone who had never heard of this show, I'm showing them the 2017 version. Yeah, and every like every joke in this just lands so hard. Have I mentioned how funny this is? This is such a funny, funny, funny show. Yeah. And like the emotional parts get really emotional. Oh yeah, this this show will this show will make you feel things. This show will make you really you know like here is a duck that's quacking in a voice you can't understand, but will make you feel for what he's saying. Yeah, some of the things like Donald will make you kind of upset with him. Like you, you're actually like you're right, Donald. I am angry about that. You are like, totally you're legitimate right. uh, you in know, your Scrooge anger. Is, Scrooge is putting the kids in danger for no reason, and uh, you know you. Are I am just, also angry about what happened to Della. <laughs> and you are just doing what you're doing because you're trying to be, for lack of a better term, a good father. You know, a good father figure. Yeah. Um, so it's like even, you know, much improvement over everything in the original series. And I really wish that they were able to go four or five seasons or something. You know, only three seasons. I feel like it, there, there could have been more to be told. But that third season wraps up everything else so nicely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a really good show. And it. Even even as an adult, it's a really good show because the plots are really intricate and deep. And you're like, this is a kid show. <laughs> yeah, why? Well, I don't I don't know why you're making this for kids. This is like, I have to have an entire Wikipedia to understand some of these plots. But good for you. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to next week, Kiki. Next week, be talked like a pirate day. <laughs> Arr. So it be once again time to be sailing with the Pirates of the Caribbean. This time we wrap up the original trilogy by going to World's End. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. 
that's going to be fun to go back to. Uh, we did the first two last couple of years, and it's finally time to wrap up this uh, this original trilogy. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to revisit that. It's been a while since I've seen it. Not uh, sure I entirely remember how that goes. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's uh, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So come back next week for Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. If you want to help the fight for human rights in the U.S. The American Civil Liberties Union works to protect constitutional rights for all Americans. Their website is aclu.org. If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. The fight continues. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.